0: Today's scripture is Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceiving her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel," which means God is with us. When Jesus uh, when Joseph awake from the sleep he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him he took her as his wife he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son and they had named him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God, Thanks be to
1: God. Lord of us all who loves us with a perfect love. We are so grateful for what you did 2,000 years ago that has changed our lives today. Be with us in this story in real ways. Come to us, let us find our place in it so that we know beyond all certainty that we surely have a place in your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am stunned. How can y'all just sit there like that? This story is appalling. In Matthew's version of the birth of Jesus... There are no singing angels. Did you hear any singing angels? Did you hear? No, there were no singing angels in that story. There were no shepherds watching. Just people sleeping around having dreams. There were no cattle lowing. There wasn't even a tiny baby in a manger. Read the story. No wrapped in swaddling cloths, no lying in a manger. That is appalling. Those are the sweet parts of Christmas. Who does Matthew think he is leaving these verses out, these parts out? How dare he? I am appalled. A woman gets pregnant before being married. Nowadays, we call that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But back then, she was dishonoring Joseph's family and her own family. I am appalled. Even worse, her fiancé has a dream and believes such a preposterous story. How gullible can a guy be? You know what I am? See? That's why he's your director. He's smart. (laughs) I am appalled! And what kind of man makes a pregnant woman travel 70 miles on the back of a donkey when she's about to deliver any minute. I am appalled. And do you really mean to tell me that no one in the entire town can find a place for a woman who is about to give birth to stay? That would never happen in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and you know it. So you know what I am? Sherilyn, what am I? I'm glad you put an E-D on the end and not an I-N-G. Thank you. Everyone wants to have a perfect Christmas. But if you want a perfect Christmas, then don't read Matthew's version of the story. In Matthew's Gospel, we learn that things were messed up long before Jesus came along. Look at the genealogy Matthew presents. There are some impressive characters in that genealogy, There is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can call them the Holy Trinity of the Old Testament. You have King David and King Solomon, men known for their courage and their wisdom and for their tremendous faith. But then Matthew goes and uncovers some nasty, dirty, little truths. In the genealogy, Matthew includes some rather unsavory kings. Leaders of God's people who didn't think about God very often. It was Tamar whose Behavior was nothing short of scandalous. Rahab, the pretty woman of her day, the pretty woman of Scripture, of Joshua, is in the list. And Ruth, an outsider, a Gentile, in the Jewish bloodline, And he writes of the wife of Uriah. He doesn't say King David's wife. He says the wife of Uriah, reminding everyone of her sin, of David's sin. The Jesus family tree is more like a briar patch filled with thorns. If Jesus lived in the south today, he would have been in trouble because someone would have asked him, so Jesus, who are your people? It's one of the things I love about church. You sit around a table with five, and I'm sorry, it's usually women, And then in five minutes, you will know everything there is to know about any person's name that's brought up. Down to who their pets are now and what their names are. It happens. But if it happened to Jesus nowadays, he would poke out his chest and proudly announce, I come from kings, my people are kings." And then he would hang his head low and say, I come from a bunch of con artists and liars, a bunch of pretty women and gentiles and unwed mothers and no account fathers. Matthew, 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 why are you giving us this kind of Christmas? It sounds more like a Jerry Springer show than Christmas. And you make Joseph such an important part of the story, Matthew? Why in the world did you do that? Yes, Joseph was a righteous man. He lived by the rules. He never drove his donkey faster than the speed limit. He was compassionate and considerate and caring. But look around, Matthew. There's a reason why nobody wants to be Joseph in the Christmas play. No lines to say, no songs to sing, never center stage, just always off to the side. He's just that guy leading that donkey on Christmas cards. He's just that tall kid wearing his father's bathrobe just standing there through the whole pageant. God bless St. Luke. He gives us the Hollywood version of Christmas, the version of Christmas we all know and love. Luke gives us shining stars and singing angels. Luke gives us curious words and cuddly animals. Luke builds the drama. There's no place for them to stay, and she's about to have a baby. What's going to happen? In Luke, we get a king who kills children and wise men who interpret dreams. Is that supernatural enough for you? Mary and Joseph and their baby are running for their lives. Take notes, Matthew. That's how you tell a story. But no, Matthew. You have to go and give us our messy God. Our God who has a messy lineage full of sinners and wicked people and the righteous too. You have to give us our messy God who is up to his eyeballs in our messes from the minute he is born. Up to his eyeballs in our messes from the minute he is born. Everybody wants to have that perfect Christmas, but you know, if you read Matthew, even if you read Luke's version, which we'll do Christmas Eve. Even Jesus didn't have a perfect Christmas. We want that almost fairy tale Christmas that St. Luke gives us. We want an almost magic kingdom birth. But life is rarely so perfect, life is a whole lot messier. And we need a messy God for that. Matthew gives us a Christmas that is out of control, at least our control. Matthew gives us an unpredictable Christmas where anything can happen. Matthew unleashes the Holy Spirit who participates in conceiving a baby, who explains things to Joseph. Imagine that, a God who is explaining actions and behaviors taken by God. Is that any way for a God to behave, to explain their actions? Our messy God does. God gives us a spirit who who descends upon the man Jesus at his baptism, who comes like wind and fire to his disciples at Pentecost, and who then sends these messy people out into a messy world to proclaim the perfect love of Jesus Christ. Messy people of the Christ child, may God bless you with a Matthew Christmas. Amen.